Hello everyone, this is Ellie Egel with New Rivers Press, and this is our interview with Sophia Liu, author of There Is No Happy Ending, our new poetry chapbook. We are so excited to present this interview for you, and hope you enjoy. It is so nice to finally meet you. I have been admiring your work this entire semester, um, and I just wanted to say it's an absolute pleasure. <laughs> Oh, thank you so much. It's um, it's honestly been like so crazy. I'm very thankful um, for you all and for New Rivers Press for selecting my work and then being so careful with the edits. So I'm very thankful and very indebted to you all too. We wouldn't have it any other way, I promise you. The best quality work. I, I am blown away every single time I read it. Let's just jump into it and uh, start with the first one, which is you have such a powerful and inspiring voice, especially considering the fact that you're much younger than most published poets. What made you want to start writing poetry? Yeah, thanks. Thank you so much for the compliment. I I started by writing prose when I was in middle school. I almost wrote a novel. It was like 100 pages through, and then I couldn't finish it. And looking back on it now, it was really bad. But I always liked writing. I always liked being creative. And one summer, I went to like a summer program um, that was both fiction and poetry. And that was like really the first time that I was immersed in poetry. And I realized that I it touched me a lot and I really enjoyed it. So then I started writing my own and I was really bad at first, um, but then... Um, I know you have another question about my influences, but I read a lot and I discovered that poetry, because poetry wasn't really taught in my school, I think most students have this idea that it's a very archaic thing mm. when it's absolutely not. And there's this thriving and um, like unique and diverse literary community out there. So I was very fortunate, you know, to have read so many like literary journals and have that introduced to me at a very young age. Um, and so I read a lot and then I wrote a lot and then my poetry evolved from there. I too was a middle school writer and all middle school things are bad, but that means that they're growing <laughs> steps, you know? <laughs> yeah. Alrighty, uh, what poets, authors, as a little segue from the last question, did you take inspiration from during that period? The first poets that I were introduced to in workshop were Soma Sheriff and Ocean Wong um, and Paisley Rectal. And I really just loved like the force of their words. One of the very first poems that really taught me the power of language was Soma's Sheriff's Vulnerability Study, which I think is only like 40 words but it's one of like my most favorite poems and it's so concise and yet so striking. And that taught me a lot about, you know, what a poem can do in that limited capacity. And then over the like past couple of years, I've been really interested in experimental forms, um, especially visual poetry that I included in the collection. So Diana Noy Wen's work, with Ghost of and her photographs, that was very, very influential to me, um, as well as Keith Wilson's with his um, PowerPoint poems and mm -hmm. all of like the graphic images that he 
he made. Um, and they, I think, really gave me the permission to defy in my work and not have to follow tradition or follow what I'm being taught or has been considered good. Um, because, you know, often these structures like the sonnet, um, there are also colonial um, forms which have been, um, you know, historically um, have been limited to the elite population. Absolutely. No, that makes a lot of sense. I recognize a lot of that playing with structure and stuff within the collection, and I've found it absolutely fascinating. Um, next question. These poems all deal deeply with the experience of the Chinese diaspora and Chinese culture in a very personal way, um, which really helped, you know, all of us connect to it, which is not something that I've personally explored a lot within my studies. Um, why do you feel that these stories are things that need to be told? Yeah, um, so I, um, I attend a school district where there's a majority Asian American student population. And um, it's sort of weird because, you know, I think given such, I think a high percentage of students, you would expect Asian issues to be really reinforced and there to be some sort of solidarity. But I was really never taught Asian American issues at all in school. Um, and I think especially during 2020 and 2021, when I wrote the collection and I saw what was happening with the skyrocketing of Asian hate crimes, and I was reading a lot of Asian American literature, um, I really recognized this lack of education that I was receiving, and I wanted to do something about it. So I think the collection, not only is it about like the Asian American and uh, like first generation American experience, but also um, that first generation American experience, seeing my parents' country from this country, America, and what's supposed to be like a haven or is supposed to be like this democratic place, um, seeing the struggles in China and also, you know, seeing that no country is perfect. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, like the second part of the collection also advocates for issues going on in China, which was important to me because like again, in 2020, when like the racial reckoning was going on in the United States, there was like another reckoning happening in China with like the authoritarian rule and seeing like the COVID-19 restrictions and the surveillance um, and like this very um, strict uh, rules being imposed on citizens. Uh, that was also something that I wanted to combat, um, especially since like my grandparents and most of my extended family still live in China and they still, you know, they've been going through this for like almost like three years now. Um, and it's, I mean, well, now there are, there's the protests, um, the protests with the eight by 11 paper that's going on. Um, but it like, realistically, it doesn't seem like it, like it doesn't seem like it's getting better, which sounds like really mm -hmm. dark. Um, no, I understand where you're coming from. But, um, but I just really wish that, you know, these like basic human rights can be obliged by. It's a very difficult issue and something that is, you know, kind of heartbreaking to discuss. 
And I think that you deal with that absolutely uh, gorgeously within the poems, kind of com combining beauty and this absolute uh, violation of these basic human rights in a very interesting and enjoyable to read way, um, which is really difficult to do. So I must commend you for that. Thank you. <laughs> so we mentioned this a little bit before, but you also... Uh, play with form and style a lot within your work. Can you maybe talk on what inspires you in order to do this? Um, I know you talked a little bit about before your um, other artistic inspirations, but what makes you feel like a poem is improved by this structure? Yeah, so I'm a visual artist. I paint and I draw and I sculpt. So seeing a poem as a visual form, um, that's very important to me. And, and as I, you know, I, as I've studied poetry more, I read also a lot of experimental poetry, um, such as like my diary, one that I mentioned. The two like most visual poems in the collection, which are Lunar Etiology and Answer Me, they were also um, like inspired by other poets in some way. So Lunar Etiology, that was inspired by Nora Claire Miller, who's a very experimental poet, and she does stuff with images, and she also does something called deep frying her poems, which is like literally deep frying um, poems, and like presenting them as sort of like a found object, which I thought was really cool. Um, in 2021, I attended the Iowa Young Writers Studio, and Nora Claire Miller was an instructor. And although she wasn't my instructor, she, like all the instructors, did a reading. And during a reading, she presented one of her poems, which was um, also like circular with the images, something very similar to Lunar Etiology. And I saw that and I was like, wow, I really want to do something like that. So I took that basic concept of like that circle and being able to like form your own poem as a reader. And then I, you know, thought about like what's circular in my culture and the lunar animals um, are like especially important to the Chinese New Year and also important in I think identity, um, like which animal you are is like significant because of which year you were born. So I made my own version of that. And Answer Me, I talked about her before, but Diana Noi Wen works with images um, of her family and her poems also influenced and empowered me and really just told me that, you know, you can do whatever you want with your poems. And so Answer Me is about um, the Sutran earthquake and its aftermath and the corruption of the Chinese government in that aftermath. And I really wanted to visualize it um, and being like being able to visualize the, the scenery and the setting of Sutran. And this is something that I think I was very lucky and fortunate, but I just asked my cousin like, hey, do you know any like photographers that I could like work with? And then she's like, oh, I have a photographer friend. And so I reached out to her, that friend and she happened to be from Sutra. So that's like a very, very lucky 
um, coincidence. Yeah. And she she's all very young. I think she's in her first year of college. Um, but she's she gave me these like very beautiful images and it honestly just worked like perfectly. I was so lucky. Um, and so I used those images as inspiration. And then I wrote the poem thinking about setting and thinking about looking at these images and seeing that as the aftermath of a um of like a really a disaster, but also seeing like the beauty and hope afterwards. No, that's a beautiful coincidence, almost as if it was, you know, meant to happen. So yeah. That is one of my favorite poems in the piece. Um it the photos are absolutely striking. I'm very glad that it worked out. Within these stories, you explore a lot of different themes. Um, and I wanted to ask, what do you feel is most important for your readers to take away from this? Yeah, that's a really good question. I think right now what I want people to take away from it is like this feeling of you can't be complacent and this feeling of defiance. Um, I'm very young. I think I have like a lot to grow um, in terms of like both of being a poet and a writer. And I think I'm still like assessing like what is poetry's role in like cementing real activism because like I think at the end of the day, like being able to like do real advocacy and writing poetry, they're still separate. Um, but I want people to feel I think through these poems and you know even though they're not literally like being at a protest or changing legislation um, they still illuminate the issues that I care about and I think they provide emotion which is like what poetry's purpose is um, during like any event um, any disaster we turn to art for solace uh, and for support. And I, that's what I want my poetry to do also. Advocacy and art do go hand in hand. I fully mm -hmm. agree with you. Do you have any favorite selections from within your piece? And um, if you have it nearby, would you want to read us a selection? Yeah, I'd love to. So whichever one you feel like you want to read, go for okay. it. I'll just read the title poem, There is No Happy Ending. There is no happy ending. It happens. A bad day. I was tripping on opium. I was sitting on my front porch and wanted to howl. I didn't. Children were playing tag. When I look at a face, I try to pinpoint the color of the iris, but not everyone does. The most kind-hearted white woman cups my cheeks with a hollow smile, as if I'm an abandoned doll. She calls me so pretty even though. I've stopped listening. One day I'll rest the fault out of the stars. I'll tell my daughter why a baby is born every eight seconds when war has never stopped. I'll say sorry. It's hard to love when I come from women who vivisected love from lychee seeds. I'll define this earth as lacquered purgatory and our creation myth as something along the lines of a ruptured vein. 
I'm used to every record-breaking summer where I dance inside to the inescapable tempo of rain. When Patricker awakes, fever seeps into our drinking water and colors the day with the violence of union. Everybody looks like a ghost this way, siloed from their beginnings. I trace myself back to the stench of cabin air, the afterthought drumming in the back of my mother's mind. There must be a reason. We were birthed from the underbelly of our mother's forged youth, boiled by singing hands. They've already called these wounds beautiful. I've already clasped my deficits onto my earlobes, paid the price of my two feet. What more is there to do? If my mother's body is a carriage to her next life, then let me be more than life itself. Let me be float sand manifesting destiny, unsurrendering as another dead girl. I take my heart, whittle down to a cherry seed and plant it somewhere imaginary. I take my tongue, scrape off its soreness and bite down. I take my hands, their gentleness politicized and watch them disintegrate like forgiveness. The future is a throttling storm. Let me not fade into obscurity. Thank you so much. That was gorgeous. Thank you. Oh, alrighty. We're just we're gonna finish this up with the last one because otherwise I'm gonna tear up and I don't want to do that. Um, <laughs> so, uh, can you give us any final words of advice for someone aspiring to be a published young author like yourself? Yeah, I would just say write and don't think of anything. Don't think of publication. Don't think of like winning any award. Just write for yourself. I think that's the most important because I think being wrapped up um, in publication or in, you know, winning that damages your craft. And I think the most important thing is to be authentic. And, you know, also when you decide that um, it's time and you want to publish, just be tenacious and know that you're going to get rejected a lot, <laughs> um, but it's worth it. And it doesn't like hinder your craft that you're rejected it just means that you have to keep going absolutely thank you so much for this interview it was absolutely lovely thank you for your questions yeah i have had an absolutely lovely time talking to you and i uh also wanted to ask as a last thing if there's anything specific that you'd like to include within the interview I would like to thank you guys again and everyone at New Rivers Press. Um, and I hope that you enjoy the poems um, and I hope that like you get to interact with them in some way.